get a copy of that as well. I just think that would be uh, an important thing for me to do for my wife. So that's why I'm preaching a different sermon today. And I want you to get the written copy of this. And I want you to work through it, read through it, and uh, hopefully it will be a blessing and and touch your life as well. But if you have your Bibles, let's hold them up first. And then we'll launch into our message. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand the powerful Word of God can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Judges chapter 16. So take those Bibles and open there. You might say, well, there's no sermon outline. Flip over your prayer notes and you're going to make your own outline today. It'll be good for you. All right? Again, thank you for understanding about the nature of the sermon today. It it would be very heavy duty to do. Uh, I work diligently all week to um, try to word things in a way that would be received well. And uh, so I trust my wife. And so thank you for understanding. But do pick it up and read it and then let me know if there's any uh, comments toward that. And uh, praise God. We're going to start next Sunday. I have some invite cards on the back table. Be sure and pick those up. We're going to talk about the blessed life. Pursuing happiness takes work. It's tough to find and even harder to hold. Ever want more than that for your life? God does. He wants us to be blessed. Discover what the Bible says about living the blessed life. And talk about that in the month of March. So please pick these up. Invite a friend to come join you. Uh, and uh, it'll be a great time and a great study as we go through together. I want to pick up in Judges chapter 16. We're at verse 1. It says, Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. Woo, Lord have mercy. Don't you want to preach about that preacher? I'm moving on. All right, all right. Verse 2. And when it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come here, They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. And they kept silent all night saying, Let us wait until the morning light, then we will kill him. Now, who is Samson? All of you know who Samson is. Strongest man in the world. Had long flowing hair. Muscles that bulged in places that we forgot how to make them bulge again. Amen? When I flex my muscles, nothing really happens. I don't know about you. I've been around Coach Bryant, Coach Brad... And those guys, they've got muscles still. But mine, they're long gone. But old Samson, boy, when he took a step, that old muscle would just uh, glisten and ripple out there. Woo, man, he was a strong guy. And he looked strong. Pretty too. Girls liked him. Girls liked him. But he was on mission from God. And so the Philistines didn't want him around. They wanted to get rid of him. So Samson lay until midnight in verse 3, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the city gate and the two posts, pulled them up along with the bars, and he put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the mountain, which is opposite Hebron. So, you think they messed with him? Uh Uh-uh. What are you going to mess with him? Fast forward to verse 4. 
After this it came about that, the, that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was? Oh, you're missing it. Her name wasn't Delilah. It was Delilah. Delilah. You want to try that? Okay, raise your eyebrows. Delilah. See, you can't say it without smiling, can you? That's right. You'll never you'll never say a word the same again. I was sharing this this same lesson at a, a church camp with uh, inner city black kids about uh, seven eight years ago. Out at Sunset Bible Camp, we had uh, John three sixteen had them out there, and I was asked to speak. And I was telling the story, and I said he loved this girl named, and I stopped waiting for them to tell me. And they said, one of them goes, Delilah. And I said, no, 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 no. I didn't know how you say it. One of them in the back said, Delilah. I said, no, it's not Delilah. So when I said Delilah like that, oh, man, they lit up. They lit up. Because you can't say that name without smiling. Delilah. Yeah, okay. So he falls in love with this girl. And verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, Entice him and see where his great strength lies, and how we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And then we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money. They were going to pay her for information. Now, of course, we don't do that nowadays, right? We don't do that nowadays. Look at verse 6. I love this. Women are just really something. They, they just cut to the chase, don't they, sometimes? So, Delilah said to Samson, I really would like to know if you don't mind kind of telling me, you know, what's... Uh... So what does she say? Please let me... Please tell me where your great strength is and how you may be bound to afflict you. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm dating a girl, I'm in love with this girl, and she's going to try to find out where my great strength is, and she's going to come right out and say, okay, tell me. I'm just going to spill the beans, right? No? I love the way he does this. Verse 7, Samson says to her, if they bind me with seven fresh cords that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and like any other man. Verse 8, Lord of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh cords that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had men lying in wait in the inner room, and I love that part of me stuff right there. These guys are in the other room, and they're watching, kind of watching through the curtain, seeing what's going on. She binds him up. Let's finish here. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And of course, he jumps up and he can't move, right? What's your Bible say? He snapped the cords as though they were touched by fire and his strength was not discovered. Now, what do you think happened to the guys in the waiting room? <laughs> Pick up at verse 10. Delilah says to Samson, Oh, oh. The story, the plot thickens. Delilah said to Sam, men, you're going to understand what I'm going here. Delilah said to Samson, behold, you have deceived me and told me lies. Now please tell me how you may be bound. So before she just came right out and just said, you know, tell me, where, tell me what's going on. 
Now, she's starting this, this right here. It's never good when you come home and your wife is standing there like that. It's never good. Can I get an amen, man? It's never good. And some of you young men that aren't married, trust all of those amens you just heard. It's never good. <laughs> Verse 11. And he said to her, If they bind me tightly with new ropes which have not been used, then I shall become weak and like any other man. She's either dumber than a brick or so gullible that she... Let's verse 12. So Delilah took the new ropes, bound him with... and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson, for the men were lying in wait in the inner room. But he snapped the ropes from his arms like a thread. (laughs) What I think is interesting is that they throw the curtain back, I believe. doesn't say it, but I think they threw the curtain back because she says the Philistines are upon you and he snaps the cords and then they run. They hightail it. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Verse 13. And we see the plot thicken. Then Delilah said to Samson, Up till now you have deceived me and told me lies. Tell me how you may be bound. Not only are the arms closed, crossed, but now the foot's tapping. Gentlemen, when you come home and the arms are crossed and the foot is tapping, leave. Don't come home. <laughs> it's not good for you. I'm still in the rest of that verse. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my hair with a web and fasten it with a pen, then I shall become weak and like any other man. So while he slept, verse 14, Delilah took the seven locks of his hair and wove them into the web. She fastened it with the pen, said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. He awoke from the sleep, pulled out the pen from the loom of the web. And I think he beat up those guys again. I think it was three times he beat them up. (laughs) Or three times they had to go back and change their robes. Verse 15. Here's where it gets really interesting. Then she said to him, How can you say what? What's your Bible say? I love you. When your what? Heart. When your heart is not with me. You have deceived me these three times and have not told me where your great strength is. Not only the arms crossed and the foot padding, but the head is cocked. And it is nasty looking woman right there. And she now why is she doing all this? For the money. Her price had already been established. But she uses the trump card of if you say you love me and your heart it's not with me. So verse 16. Oh, and I love verse 16. And it came about when she what does your Bible say? Pressed him day after day with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death. She pressed him and she pressed him and she pressed him and she pressed him 
And she pressed him, and she pressed him, and she pressed him, and she pressed him, and she pressed him. We call it Maggie. When are you gonna? When are you gonna? She was a windy whiner. When are you gonna do this? When are you gonna do that? When are you gonna? When? When? Seventeen. So he told her all that was in his heart and said to her, A razor has never come on my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Was it because he had long hair that he had strength? Yes or no? Was it because his head was bald that he lost his strength? Verse 18. When Delilah saw women are intuitive, women know stuff, they sense stuff. God made women that way. That's why when women become mothers, you as a child, you think you can get away with stuff. Now they may decide to blind themselves to it. They may decide to dull themselves to the fact that they don't want to believe that you could make a, any kind of bad decision as their, as their child. <laughs> we have a hole in one of our doors at home. And we've kept that hole in that door for one reason. So that the son that I have that we love so much who comes into that home can still see the hole in that door that he made. Because I never want him to forget the anger outburst that caused the hole to be in that door. Now, someday I'll replace the door. Doors can be replaced. Children can't. But I don't want him to learn a lesson. Never forget the lesson. So, Delilah saw that he had told her all that was in his heart. She sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has told me all that's in his heart. She knew intuitively that he had spilled the beans. She knew that she had him. Because you see, if you press hard enough, if you nag long enough, and see, and that works both sides of the fence, by the way, I've discovered. Because men can nag their wives too, can't they? Oh yeah. Verse 19, And she made him sleep on her knees, called for a man servant, and had him shave off his seven locks of hair. Then she began to afflict him. And when she began to afflict him, she noticed something. What is it that she noticed? That strength was gone. She knew that it was gone. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. Here is the most powerful verse, part of the verse in this whole story. If you've got your Bibles open, highlight it, mark it, circle it, read it, underline it, whatever you need to do. But he did not know that the Lord had departed him. When we give our heart to someone, 
we do not act normal. We don't act normal. We kind of act funny. <laughs> we act real funny. I've seen people in love, haven't you? They, they act funny. I mean, they do. Big old strapping men, they'll carry flowers. Or they'll have boxes of chocolates and flowers. I mean, they put on cologne for once in their life. They actually take a shower, maybe even shave. Heaven knows they'll brush their teeth. Praise Him. Girls, oh my goodness. Do they look good. You don't believe it? Look at all the pictures that these guys will put on Facebook after prom. How beautiful they all look. They spend hundreds and millions of dollars for one night of looking like a million bucks. And mamas are in there taking pictures of them just crying. My little baby, my little baby. My little baby's gone. Goes to state college and boom. Man, it's ugly over there. I gotta, I gotta control my kid. No. He didn't know that the Lord had departed him. 21. Then I love that. I love how the Philistines treated him with love and compassion. It says the Philistines then seized him, gouged his eyes out, brought him down to Gaza, bound him with bronze chains, and he was a grinder in the prison. What that meant was they used that for ox. They would bind an ox to a to a a wheel that had a big post that came out and that oxen would just walk around in a circle and they'd throw the grain in there and it would smash that grain so they could make flour. That was Samson's job. The man of God, the strongest man in the world, the man that God was using to clean out the Philistines. That was the guy. Gouged his eyes out, tied him, chained him, it says, to that and made him grind. However, I love verse 22. <laughs> I love the rest, as Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story. However, the hair of his head began to grow again as it, after it was shaved off. The lords of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. For they said, Our God has given Samson our enemy into our hands. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hands. Even the destroyer of our country who has slain many of us. It so happened when they were in the high spirits that they said, Call for Samson. In other words, they were drunk. Call for Samson. Bring him on out here. And that's the, this is the story, the visual story that we remember about Samson. Big strong guy standing between two pillars, right? Here you go. Now we're up to that part of his life. Call for Samson that he may, what? What's your Bible say? Amuse us. So, they called for Samson from the prison and he entertained them and they made him stand between the pillars. Verse 26 then Samson said to the boy who was holding his hand, Let me feel the pillars on each on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. 27. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there's about 3,000 men and women were on the roof looking on while Samson was amusing them. 28. Then Samson called to the Lord, and he said, O Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me just this 
Time, O God, that I may be once be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, braced himself against them, the one on his right hand and the one on his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bent with all of his might so that the house fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed in his life. What is so powerful about that story is when we mess up, God can restore. When we don't do it right, God's ready to bring victory. And so when you mess up, relax. Get it back right with God and let's go. When you rode a bicycle and fell off, did you stay on the ground? No, you got up and you tried it again. And eventually you figured out how to stop that wiggling, didn't you? And you took off. I loved it because our, when our boys learned how to, they, they took off, they pushed off the, the porch, but they didn't know how to stop. So they'd roll up in the grass and just fall over. It was fun to watch them. Boy, they, I mean, they're lickety-splitting, and they realize that, oh my goodness, I've got to stop this thing. And they get up in the grass and just fall over in the grass because it wouldn't hurt quite as much being on the concrete. But they eventually figured it out. And that's the way it is in our walk with God, isn't it? We think we know. We think we've got the strength. We think it's because of us that God is going to be praised and glorified all over the place. When in reality, He needs a humble heart, a broken heart, and a repentant heart. Here's your outline. Three things I want you to take away from the message today. It's all about sin. Number one. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Just ask Samson. <laughs> Sin will always take you farther than you want to go. Number two. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. It's going to take you farther than you want to go keep you longer than you want to stay. And then number three, sin will always cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. And when we don't do things right, the way God wants them done, these three things come into play. But again, the great news of God and the good news of Jesus Christ is no matter how bad my mistake has been, He died on the cross and brought forgiveness for my sin. No matter how many times I've messed up. And as we see in Samson's life, at least three. <laughs> but really, he had just one. And that's when he decided to let it all come out and give it over to Delilah. And from that, she took it from there. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Father, I thank You for this time this morning.
to just take a moment and consider this great story in Judges 16. God, we've been talking about marriage and all the aspects of marriage. And God, I'm convinced that we need strong marriages and we need to talk about these things at church. Our young people need to hear them. They need to hear them from your word. And so God, I pray that they will pick up a copy in the back. They need to hear about what you have to say. And God, I pray for each and every person here, for every marriage that's in this church, for every person that hopes to be married in this church, for every person that's maybe had a marriage that didn't work out, and boy, they're kind of wondering what life's got to offer. Those that have never been married, they're hoping to one day. Here's what I know, God, is that you love us. And in the midst of any mistake that I've ever made in my married life, in my pre-married life, you took care of it with Calvary. You loved me enough to die on Calvary for me. So God, whatever it is in the heart of a person in this room that might be causing them to stumble, might be causing them to doubt your love for them, could they today, could they today surrender all and let you just overflow them, engulf them with your forgiveness? God, it's awesome to be touched by your Spirit. It's an awesome thing to feel that forgiveness of God and that burden lifted. God, today it can happen there's somebody here, God, that needs to be touched for you, to be maybe touched for the very first time. They've never claimed you as their Savior. Would love the chance to know that so we could sit down and teach them and discuss that with them so they would make a decision knowing full well what's involved. I know there's some in this room that they've been with you a long time. And there's some dark spots in their life that they've noticed lately. And they've tried to ignore them. They just keep getting bigger and brighter. So God, would you reassure them that you can clean all those up too. Though our sin is as scarlet, it can be white as snow. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. Thank you that Samson understood and you restored his strength one more time to avenge the Philistines that you'd sent him in a mission to do and he accomplished the mission. But he had to do it after repentance. God, today's the day for us to repent. If there's somebody here that needs to do that, let them do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and sing a great song of invitation. God's touching your heart. Would you respond?